Hello and welcome to our first ever Nature Links podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Madeline Johnson, um, and today I helped facilitate a discussion around blindness and low vision awareness. Um, but really, this discussion was led by um, three participants, Gabe, Hunter, and Alex. Gabe and Hunter living right here on the coast of Maine, and Alex actually calling in from Florida. We wanted to share this discussion uh, with the wider community in hopes that everyone will take this opportunity to further educate themselves about the experiences of people who are blind and people with low vision. We got into some really interesting stuff today, and I hope you enjoy our discussion. awareness and low vision awareness um, and we're going to start out the conversation by going through some common misconceptions that people have about um, people who are blind or people who have low vision and as we just went over a misconception is a mistaken belief right and we often um, get these mistaken beliefs from assumptions that we make about people um, when we observe their behavior. All right, so one very common misconception, right? The first one that I will uh, read out loud is that blind people have superior hearing. Of course we do, we're all super superhumans. No, it's kidding. <laughs> or they have enhanced senses, right? Um, they have enhanced sense of touch or smell or hearing, right? I'd love to hear from each of you respond to these misconceptions um, and if you've encountered them in your experience. I have yeah. mixed opinions on it because in a way I think it's in a way I think it's kind of true. I'm very sound sensitive and some sometimes the feel of certain things just get me. But then again, it, that's not that's not for everybody. So I honestly think it can be a, a bit of a case by case basis. We just pay more attention because we don't have sight, so we just listen more and use our other senses more. Yeah, it's more, um, it's like, like pe pe people automatically think that it is that we have like super senses or superpowers uh, because of superhero, daredevil, but it's more that um, because 80% um, of the information that our brain takes in is visual. And so like for us that 80% is lost and so the brain tries to like compensate that loss with our other senses and so over time since we have to rely on them what happens is our senses just adapt and so we are more in tune with them and we, we pay more attention with, with these other senses because we have to. Right. Yeah so I, I guess what I'm hearing is that the crucial difference here right is that um, if you went to a doctor and had your hearing tested, it's not like you have super special hearing compared to what where I would rate on that test, right? It's, yeah. it's more the fact that you've you've had to develop 
um, a certain attention to detail, right? Yes. And I was reading some. I was reading something actually the other day about how they did brain scans of blind people versus regular people, and they found out that the centers that process the auditory receptors are more enhanced, I guess, with people with vision loss. Right, right. Interesting. So yeah, the processing of that information is maybe enhanced a bit, right? Because out of the fact that you use it a lot more. Yep. Okay, so another possible misconception. Blind people need to be spoken to very loudly or they won't know you are addressing them. Is that, that one drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. That one drives me nuts. And the only thing I'm gonna say about that, it's the it's the eyes that don't work, not the ears. This is something that's false or something that gets um confused because there are um blind blind deaf individuals. Right. Um so so people may confuse it or the terms that we may use, uh, people may not be familiar. So when you ask for certain things, they may get confused. Um, and that's, that's why they may think that you can't hear them or because um, you're not doing eye contact and they, they may think that you're not paying attention. And so they, they may automatically think, oh, I gotta be louder to get their attention. So at this point in the conversation, a few different participants had been typing into the chat, um, contributing names of famous people that they knew who were blind. So the names Stevie Wonder, Helen Keller, Andrea Bocelli, um, all were typed into the chat. So that sort of steered the conversation in a different direction at this point. Yeah, oh, getting... yeah, 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 that's the thing. Like there have been certain, um, you know, very, I guess, famous people. And so through like the history, that's sometimes the only reference people have if they've never like encounter somebody or they don't have anybody in their family. Um, and so when they go and read online these people, then they automatically think, oh, that's how this population, like everybody who has this condition is, or that's how they all act. Right, I think that's really common, right? So sometimes there's these cultural depictions of a certain disability um, or a certain kind of experience, and then everyone goes and sees that movie or everyone knows that celebrity, and they think they know about every blind person's experience then, right? Yes, yeah. one thing teachers will, any like teachers or organization leaders or anybody in the community will tell you it's like just you know just because you you meet one blind people like one blind person sorry it doesn't mean you know every blind person automatically because i've seen that one too like some people would think i'm like another person that they've met that is more what is the word i'm looking for incompetent mm -hmm. they think i'm like somebody that is not me at all for any reason whatsoever, just because they think, oh, all blind people are the same. Right. Well, maybe that's a good transition to, um, I, I heard you guys also speak to um, assumptions about your abilities, right? About what you're capable of doing. Oh, yes. Yeah. Some people, some people imagine, or some people just automatically think, oh, 
his cognitive levels must be super low. I'll tell you, they're not. I can utilize gargantuan idioms to make myself sound perspicacious. <laughs> we constantly have to be like proving ourselves with um, the knowledge we have, the technology or like our tools. Um, like say we go to like a, a job interview and we get the job, then we may have to like constantly be proving ourselves that we're capable and, and worthy of like being in the job place and like being able to handle larger tasks and more things because otherwise the person's just going to have us like in the corner barely doing anything. Totally. Um, and Alex, you had also been speaking to um, the fact that because of that, because there's these um, underestimations of what you're capable of, you're sort of forced to have to self-advocate a lot, right? And speak yes. to yourself. Yeah, you have to advocate for um, your needs, what you may need um, to be able to like get accurate um, directions or get your point across because otherwise um, people will just point and or tell you, oh, it's over there. And you may have to like with a little bit of patience, just be like, I need more information or you have to learn how to phrase your words so they can understand what you what you want and sometimes it could be frustrating but it's uh it's always a game of playing around and learning what what you have to do in order to make things work right would you guys mind uh opening up for a second in case anyone feels confused about anything that's come up so far yeah um darian asked do you use a cane to cross the street and that's probably just for anybody to respond to yes nope, i use my eyes <laughs> oh well <sighs> No, I'm just kidding. No. Yeah, I do. I do. Some of us do. But only like in areas where I really have to because a lot of times I, and a lot of us, this is probably a whole separate thing too. A lot of us just don't, uh, just just wish to not stand out as much as we already do. It's like, uh, can I just actually blend in a little bit here? But I use my dog to cross the street, but yeah. Yeah, you have, yeah, I think I yeah, I, um, I, I use a can and I just take it um, everywhere. The only places I don't use it is um, in houses that I'm familiar with, like my house and um, older, like houses I grew up like uh, in Puerto Rico. But um, <clears throat> if it's a very no place, um, I always have my cane with me because um. I don't trust myself um, to not <laughs> bump into things. Um, and it's it's a way to indicate. Um, that's why some people, depending on, on their degree of vision, some people choose not to have a cane and other people choose to. There are also different types of canes. Um, mm -hmm. Like there's one like how I use who is like, that is like completely for navigation. Um, there's one that it's maybe for navigating just indoor places and that's all you need. And then there's one that's only for identification. So you don't use it for navigation or crossing the streets. You only use it to indicate that you have a vision impairment. My question to um, them is, do blind people have balance issues? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> no, I don't. 
like I said before, it, other other things could depend on that too. Like if they, like if, if for whatever reason somebody wouldn't have the best kind of mobility or whatever, maybe due to some physical things that might also have happened. But it, it depends. It's a case by case basis. Like maybe case to case, it's not very like that bad. But usually blind people do um, have balance issues in some form. But then, then again, like Hunter said, it could depend on things that the person has. Because like, for example, I don't have, I have a lack of motor skills. So that probably puts into effect why I have balance issues. I think there's sometimes an idea that our sense of balance is just about having our two feet on the ground or something. Um, but it's actually a combination of all of our senses contributing yeah. to our ability to orient ourselves in space and uh, have that feeling of balance. Um, it's a it's sort of a whole combination of our sensory perception. Um, yeah. so that, that would really make sense, right? That there's a range of different um, experiences of balance that have to do with um, blindness, deafness, motor skills, all of it really, right? Yeah, I've, I've just to my own experiences, because like, for example, I, my mom and, and like friends, like they can just, or even like kids in the family, they can, you know, like start spinning around and like do a bunch of just spinning before they get dizzy. And when they try to include me immediately, I'm like, no, because I'm only going to do like three spins and I'm already going to be dizzy. Mm. Um, and it does, it does have to do with the vision because, um, like to my understanding, like for example, dancers, they're told to like look at a specific um center point and like that's how they don't get dizzy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Katrina. Um since I was little, I I had um lazy eye, so I, I have a like um a vision. Mm-hmm. Um I I I have the lazy eye since I was little, like since I was born. Um, then, like, one time, I was waiting for my ride in my house, I took off, I took off my glasses off, and I looked straight, like, like to the sun, I get, like, dizzy, uh, dizzy, and, like, my eyes was open, close, open, close, like, all the time, mm. so I was looking, like, through the sun, and I just realized it got a big headache the way I do that. Um, well, I know that much. This is a good time to sort of move on to this next misconception. I feel like this is related to um, Katrina's point as well as what Alex was starting to get into. And that misconception is that most blind people are totally blind, right? So a lot of people believe that you are blind or you're not. Is that the case? Alex, do you want to speak to that? No, um, actually, which um, I don't remember the numbers of, um, you know, in in the States and then in the whole world of uh, how many people are blind. Um, But out of that number, which is a lot, only 10, 10%. Are completely blind. Um, most blind or visually impaired people have some sort of vision, um, ranging for from light perception, um, maybe 
partials where maybe they can see a bit if they have things close to them, um, maybe through contrast and colors or uh, background changes. Uh, maybe it could be that they have no central vision, but they have depth perception or, or vice versa. Um, it could be tunnel vision. Um, and so typically uh, people fall into either completely blind, blind, legally blind, and then low vision, like depending on your eye uh, acuity. Acuity, yeah. Yes, thank mm -hmm. you. Um, and then uh, visually impaired falls mostly on there are people who may be like visually impaired and low vision falls a bit more maybe on their, you know, they can still maybe see a certain uh, degree, but still struggle. Maybe they, uh, maybe they wore glasses, which um, even some legally blind people, even those who may have like very, uh, very bad eyesight and probably see even worse. Some of them still wear glasses, it even it, it could be like they, it helps a little bit. It could be it protects them. It could be they have um, transition in them and so it helps them with the sun. So there's also um, color blindness, right? And there's, yes. uh, my brother has no depth perception. Um, so he only processes information from one eye at a time. And he was born that way. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know you could do. I didn't know that could happen. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Then how, then how can he drive then? So he, you know, as he grew up, because he was born uh, with no depth perception, um, he sort of adapted. He learned um, the relative size of different objects, right? So he can tell how far something away is. Mm. But, um, um, so at first, he didn't know how far away uh, something like a stop sign is, right? Which is you definitely need that if you're going to drive. Um, but if you know how big a stop sign is relative to the road, to trees, to cars, then you can kind of learn how far away it is, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's mostly that, that um, everything can like blend in terms of distance sizes, because that's one of the things I suffer from. I have, I've, I've never had that perception. Mm -hmm. So I've always struggled with that of like knowing, is it like, is it far, is it close, is it really dip, is it not? If, if like is there actually a step um trying to figure out okay how can i know that this isn't like as bad when you are starting to like you know figure it out at first yeah um so there are more hands up is it okay to take some more questions yeah alice can answer all the questions no, i want to hear from you and hunter as well for sure i nominate alex <laughs> Do blind people use their dog to cross the street? Dave, you're the one, you're the one with the guide dog. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, some people, some people use dogs, but it's a really, really long process to get Easy. one. You have to go. Wow. You have to go a lot of rigorous training with the dog that you get. Was well, not that long. It's just the process is involved. It it depends on what the person may like to use. Um, they can have um, a dog, which typically is known as a guide dog or a service animal, to help them um, cross. 
Yeah, but the dogs. Or they, not... or they can use, um, or they can use a cane, but um, the person is always having to use their senses to yeah. make sure that they can cross because the all the dog is going to do is help them go in a straight line, cross safely, or I mean, stop them if they believe that it's not safe to cross. Yeah, the dog's not going to know when the when the light turns green or whatnot, so they don't. Don't yeah, so the, the the person has to to be able to know when when to make those calls. Right, yeah. or I guess the misconception then is that the dog is doing the navigating, but actually it's their person doing the navigating. Well, the the only thing the dog will do is it'll help you avoid obstacles. So, I mean, yeah. It's... Anything else you want to share about Charlie, Gabe? He's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and. I'm curious um, if Hunter or Alex are interested in getting a guide dog or if there's a reason um, you don't have one. I've thought about it, but before I do that, I think my main thing would be, I think I'd, I'd kind of want like a ESA first. What is that? Emotional support. Oh. Yes. Mm. For like autism stuff. Yeah, but you also, and also another thing, they won't accept you to get a dog unless you have really good mobility skills. I, don't yeah. even, I, I still don't know how the heck I was able to get a dog, honestly. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've been thinking about it and my sense on it that um, I'm opening myself to in the future get one. Um, I don't trust myself right now because I still need to improve on some of the navigation skills with, with the cane. And... Um, we have too many animals in this house, so I, we, we don't need another one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I guess what all of you are speaking to is something I wasn't aware of, that there's like some sort of testing process. You have yeah. to, try yes. to get a dog. Okay. Yeah, basically um, schools that uh, basically teach you how to navigate with one like they want you to be able to get from point A to point B with no problems whatsoever. Mm. We might do a longer class on service animals because there's so many questions and uh, different lessons here um, but is it a, an expensive process or something that you can get? Well the schools are free but then but you have to pay but the thing is you will have to pay for the veterinary and the medical costs it also really it also depends on the school you go to because some of them will cover the medical costs up to a certain amount yeah but the but the getting the application and the the trip down there is all is all paid by the school for most of yeah the yeah like getting mm -hmm. yeah like he said like you know that and getting the dog like all that it's free it's once you have it in your care depending on depending on the school they can either help you or it becomes your responsibility and you, you know, you have to manage it like you would manage any other pet. And doggies make a good pillow. <laughs> so another list on our list of common misconceptions, right? Mistaken beliefs that people have um, are, uh, or is all blind people re read braille? No, I can read print but with my hands. Whoa. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I actually I really can though. With large, if it's raised print, I can actually read it. So. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. They, um, oh, sorry. I was just gonna check. Is everyone familiar with what Braille is? Braille is basically um, 
dots on a page and they through combinations of the dots they form they form the letters and then uh, the words that we feel on the paper to be able to to read depending now basically well, braille is just a combination of six dots that can be used in different combinations for letters and numbers pretty much yeah well yeah that's the that's pretty much putting it into a nutshell right so the misconception then is that all blind people can read braille nope there's only three percent of us that can three percent yes. yeah that's very few right that's three people yeah. out of 100. Wow. Yep, yeah, because most of the schools now don't even teach braille most even the blind schools don't teach braille anymore yeah well, they will They'll they'll give the kids um like tablets computers. or computers and they'll teach them more how to how to do things with the screen readers, right. but that's not good because then they lose um how to actually form form the words or how to spell like the letters. That's why um, a lot of people don't can't spell. I mean, if you talk, yeah. if you text blind a lot of blind the younger blind generation they can't spell properly. Yeah, and so I. It, it's a shame like I think school should really like try because um, not all blind people can read it uh, because it depends on the sensitivity of your fingers but if a child can then it really would be in the best interest to like try and teach them um, you know you know braille and start with figures to see how much they can if if they can um, Right, because that that is like the um, the way to access written language, right? Yep. That that idea of constructing words from letters, and yeah, just like cursive is not being taught anymore in a lot of places. Yeah, that's true. And I know, like Gabe said, some to some children they may um, for like the alphabet they may do like brace, like pretty big braced um, letters, and they may let them feel them. Mm -hmm. um, so they can sort of have a feel of how um, in normal print, how those, those letters feel. Interesting. Um, Ignacio, did you have a question before we read the chat? Yes. Um, do the deaf, deaf people uh, do sign language? Katrina and Darian both have some experience. They're signing right now. Uh, would either of you like to briefly speak to this question? You can raise. Raise your hand if you have something to say about it. I would. Sure, Katrina. Um, since I was three, I couldn't speak at all. My mom tried to help me to speak, but I didn't. So my mom talked to me in the sign language. So I learned that like I learned the sign language since I was three. And after I tried to say one word, but I couldn't say it. My mom helped me to speak, um, to to speak with me in the sign language because I couldn't speak at all. So she tried to help me to calm down, to relax, to say one word. Then, then, then I did it. And after I grew like a little bit younger, I started to speak. Wow. That's so interesting, Katrina. So Katrina, um, 
it wasn't necessarily deaf, right? But sign language helped her communicate when she was young. Um, and mm. so that's something that she can still use to communicate with. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Darian, would you like to speak to that? Yes. Um, I learned sign language because I have a number of deaf friends. I have a, a friend in Dexter who's deaf. I have a friend down here, Nellie, who's deaf. Yep, I know her. And I um, signed uh, my senior class project, which was Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. Mm. And then I signed the graduation song, Rod Stewart's Forever Young in sign language in front of my whole senior class. So it was really fun to do that. Wow, so cool. So cool. And deaf people also have to see your lips. They do lip reading too, so. Oh yeah. Yeah, as well as facial expressions, right? Um, so that's all an important part of it. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, so Darian had written a question in the chat that was sort of more related to our um, discussion about Braille. Um, is it hard for you guys to read music? Man, I can. I was never taught how to read music. Um, I was only given the basic, uh, which is known as like they have different grades um, and it's uncon uncontracted braille or grade one. And it oh, they only taught me like the basics on how to read sentences, words and letters. Um, and the teacher at the time told me to practice more of that before trying to learn like a more advanced level and then maybe move in, into music. So I, I cannot read <laughs> music sheets in Braille. Um, music, oh, oh. oh sorry. Um, As in, okay. Music's not that hard, but I mean the harder stuff is like scientific and engineering and mathematics, that's more harder. So maybe I'll start out the second part of this discussion with just one more misconception, but it's kind of the big one uh, that is maybe the most frustrating. Um, and then we can go into a discussion of um, some accessibility issues that you guys have faced in schools and in public spaces, right? Yeah. Um, but this last misconception, right, is that most blind people are looking for a cure. Oh, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> yeah, Gabe is being sarcastic, right? So no. <laughs> yes. Gabe's never, Gabe's never sarcastic. Yeah, a lot of the reason why a lot of us don't want to cure is because all of us have just gotten so used to the way things are that having to readjust again to a whole other universe would be like, oh my God, holy crap. Like, yeah, I'm I'm so used to I'm so used to how things are this dark universe. Well, and then you also had spoken to um it's really frustrating when people come up to you with recommendations of treatments or um other things, right? Like the the idea that they can pray for you and help you in that way. Yeah, they like they they just they do that so much. It's just like, you know, so they literally start they literally start worshiping right in front of you it's like ah uh, that's not gonna restore vision in two seconds bro like i appreciate the sentiment but it just doesn't so yeah you it's might just stop they, while you're ahead most uh most 
people who can see, um, they can't fathom the idea of being able to live with outside. Right. Um, that, that's why they, they're impressed or they get astonished when they see us being able to do the things we do or live our lives with outside. Um, and some people do look um, for cures depending what HDR the state or if it's a case where they had perfect sight and then they became blind. Um, I'm in the same page as Hunter where it's like, this is what I've known my whole life. Um, I would have to readjust, relearning a lot of things that really seem more like a pain than a benefit. And then there's, uh, you know, operations or surgeries that can be done, but most often they can't um, because there's so many different uh, eye conditions. Yeah. Some can be curable, but there's a lot that just can't, and I don't think there, will, there ever will be. Right. So like we were saying before, there's just so many causes and conditions. Yeah. Uh, it's not like blindness is a single sort of pathology or something like that. Right. Um, so that's, yeah, that ties into that same misconception as well as then there's the other, I mean, I think what you and Hunter are really speaking to is um, you, you don't have a condition that needs a cure. You're not seeking a cure. Yeah. And I mean, and I, I myself fall into that category where I just, I can't. So why, why waste my, why waste my time looking uh, for a cure where I know I don't really have an option? What's happening to me is just happening. I just got to live with it. Like it can't be fixed. When they ask you, you know, if you are looking for a cure or like surgery, then they may like they may give you different suggestions and they may mention like mention you like oh I knew somebody who had this and this and they did surgery and it brought back what they had and I'm like okay good for them but I can't do that. I just tell them I'm beyond help. <laughs> um Paula has a question. Two actually. My godmother okay. had a hole in her right eye. And she had to have two surgeries done on her eye. And she could see, but she and my godfather still wear glasses. Mm. But my godmother could finally see after having the two surgeries on her right eye. Right. So that's another example of just another very specific condition that was ha having a very specific effect, right? Um, yeah. So I think that's what we're trying to do here is understand that there's... Um, just a, it's a complex array of causes and conditions that we're really speaking about. I have a stepmother who is blind. She can't see after dark. She doesn't have a license, so she doesn't drive anywhere. My dad drives our places. Mm -hmm. And she also takes the bus to go to work and to come home. Um, but she can't see because she got a scratch on her eye ball and it got infected. So, oh, yeah, that's a that's, that's another um good point where, um, like, like we were saying about you know different causes of what it can of what it can happen because, um, not only can it be a genetic um condition or 
something that happens to you like after old age um it can also be because of an act an accident um that like happens to you so sort of speaking about um transportation maybe that would be a good place to go next um so if any of you would want to share stories about um, issues that you've experienced with that or even like really nice accommodations you've experienced with that um yeah yeah take it away alex okay <laughs> <Whoa>. um, <laughs> yeah um i've i've had a few um rude experiences where um the driver maybe gives me a bad attitude because I, I will ask, like I, I usually walk to the door and I typically ask the number of the bus to make sure I don't get in the wrong one because that almost happened once. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and sometimes they can be nice and tell you or even if there's people around you, somebody around you can tell you. Uh, but then there'll be a driver that um, doesn't really want to help and will either give you attitude or will point at the top and say the the numbers at the top of the bus. Um, that's the only bad um, thing I can tell. Um, I've had more good experiences than bad. Um, most drivers um, on left have either been very helpful to open doors for me to um waiting like the first time i took left by myself the lady decided to drive me to my destination and instead of leaving and then me having to book another ride home she stayed until i bought the things i wanted and then and then took me home that's awesome yeah, I've had I've had other times where I've been called to make sure um, I can know that they're there, and then they'll they'll walk towards me and just help me like get to the car. So um, mm -hmm. the only very bad, um, and this is with um, paratransit. Really? It, yes, it's it's a door to door service where they will pick you up. Um, at the front of your house, and then they'll leave you in front of your uh, destination, Maybe. wherever you're May going. Maine doesn't have that. Huh? Maine doesn't have that. Oh, they. I had trouble with them because they would say they are, they arrive at the the place, <clears throat> but I never saw them, so I would have to call back and like try and fight them to like make sure I could get home. Um, and there were two times where I almost got dropped at the wrong house, so I'm so glad that I'm familiar with the layout of my house and I know the turns I got to take to be at my house. Otherwise I would have been like trended somewhere else that I had no idea where it was. Um, Gabe or Hunter, did you have any uh, stories or points? Yeah. yeah. Um, the biggest one that comes to mind for me is I had this, I had this, I had this school bus driver that insisted on putting me in a, particular area of the front of the bus mm. and despite the fact that my friends could be like out back or whatever and nobody I know would be around me or nobody that would speak would be around me so but I was I was in the minority because like because of that I was like the only person who didn't like this guy <laughs> right 
everybody loves him. My mom loves him and a lot of other people on the bus and stuff. Like, you know, because I, I don't think they have a reason. I don't think really they had a reason not to. I mean, he seems like a cool guy when you get to know him. But insisting on, insisting on sticking me there just so that I could easily get on and off the bus, you know, it's like I get, yeah, I get where he's coming from. But at the same time, I tried to tell him, no, it's fine. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't have to be in any certain area and he wouldn't take it. Uh, that's an interesting point, Hunter. I feel like um, I've heard that um, from some of these other stories that sometimes what's so difficult um, is that you're, you're just having to speak up, you know, only for yourself, right? It's not like a group of people. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's just you in this situation that's being treated differently. And mm -hmm. how do you advocate for yourself in that situation without support from other people understanding, yep. right? Uh, so there was a question in the chat from Darian, um, and this is related to, I think, just accessibility in other kinds of public spaces. Mm -hmm. um, and she's asking, is it hard for you to go grocery shopping? Two no. words, shop assistant. Shop assistant. It's basically where you ask to go to the grocery store and ask someone to help you shop. An employee, of course. You wouldn't want to just, you wouldn't want to grab a random employee, but like usually they have people that are, I think sometimes that sometimes they're like cash staff or what just other people they have around but if you go up uh to the service desk and see if they have a shop assistant mm -hmm. on duty that can work with you ah. um they'll, they'll get you one and that person will if they're if they're good at their job they'll actually you could just tell them hey i i want to get cheese and butter and they will take you there and they'll tell you about all the different kinds of cheeses and butters oh. Interesting. Um, the store I go to, I don't really think they have a shop assistant. I've been I've been able to just go to the cash registers and ask for assistance. Like typically, I go to them and I and I say I I need I need some help or I need assistance with my shopping. And typically, they go look for an employee that may not be doing that much or somebody. I don't typically go to Walmart by myself. Um, and the few times I've, I've done it, um, I'm pretty familiar with um, the store. I'll use an app on the phone called Be My Eyes or oh. Seeing AI. Um, and I will try and scan or like ask a assistant through the phone, you know, like to help me look for the item. But typically, I go with my mom uh, to store, so she typically she helps me. Cool. Unpopular opinion: seeing AI is bad. <laughs> no, it's not. I've been, I've, I've, yeah, I gotta agree with Gabe because I, because I've been able to use it. Hunter, why do you think it's so bad? It doesn't give you very legit. Uh, I've never, I've never had any problems. Legit results. Well, seeing AI. Yeah. No, but um, it also could be depending on the camera on your phone too. Oh, um, so seeing AI meaning it's a it's a app that you can it'll recognize print and stuff. It'll read barcodes. Yeah, it's uh it's an app by Microsoft where um it has different um sessions that uses your camera to read um short text documents, scan barcodes um. Mm -hmm. Help with scene with, recognition. Yeah, help with scenes, read money, 
They also um, do face. De- they also do face detection, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, and it does. It does read um, handprint writing, which is something that OCR um, ob- object recognition, character recognition yeah. that usually have a pr- uh, trouble with doing. I convinced. I actually convinced it that my dog's face was my mom, though. <laughs> wow, that's funny. <laughs> that, wow, bro. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's. That's mostly how um, another way that some blind people may do shopping is um, through um, delivery services, mm-hmm. through yeah, that, either adds up after. or Instacart. Right. Yeah, but that adds up if you do it a lot. Oh, well, yeah. Thank you. That was like a really great, thorough explanation. I'm really curious to learn more about these seeing AI. You can, you can, da- you can download it on your phone, Maddie, actually. It's, yeah. I mean, AI. it sounds really useful when it works, right? But Hunter is yeah. a point that that is an essential part. <laughs> that it actually Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is this a technology that you see improving? Yeah. yeah it, it's it's improved a lot on when on the newer phones because they, because they can leverage the new um much more new capabilities of the phone yeah and there there are different apps too to do to do this so depending on what your need is or what you're looking for you have s- several options to look into i did have a question for hunter actually mm-hmm. i had a All question right. him. i wanted to know what what day of the week does his does he do his radio station Every night, uh, uh, from Sunday to Thursday at nine o'clock. Can you go to treehouseradio.com. That's where you'll get it. Wow. That's so awesome. So, um, I think it's up to Hunter, Gabe, and Alex. I mean, we can keep talking about some, uh, accessibility challenges that we went over yesterday in spaces like, um, we could focus on restaurants or schools. I mean, public school is an adventure. <laughs> so was it, it was grade school, right? You really, um, you were, I, I'm not exactly clear. You required some assistance, right? Like an extra staff member. Um, yeah, school. grade school and through high school. I mean, it wasn't just me. It was my two other blind brothers that were having trouble as well. So we, she had to fight for the three of us, so. But yeah, so my mom had to yeah, sue the school district because they weren't providing the proper accommodations. And then the state got involved and then got all the way up to the circuit court in Boston. And, you know, dang, she won that suit, obviously. And it cost the taxpayers of Surrey four million bucks. So wow. when they could have just conceded to her and just said, we're right and not have to litigate the whole thing. <laughs> so yeah, it would, been a lot che- it would have been a lot cheaper. Yeah, that is a wild story. So um, I, if everyone understood that, um, so Gabe and his brothers were denied certain services in public school um, and his mother had to take action, right? And really stand up for him. And really the only um, recourse that people have to enforce their own rights, um, you know, as given by the ADA, the American with Disabilities Act, 
there's not a huge way to enforce them or, or really make sure that they happen besides um, litigation, right? So his mom sued the school district and um, that, that ended up being a really long and expensive process for sort of everyone involved, right? Mainly them because they had to reimburse her for all her legal fees. So okay, so for for the town for the school, right? Um, and but that then you know that that's the way that they were able to get um, Gabe and his brother's needs met. Um, so then the question is, why was that such a battle, right? Um, why wasn't the school just already, um, you know, interested in equipping itself? I mean, and that that gets into a lot of different discussions about budgets and. Um, yeah. They felt like spending more money on the sports teams than they did on the kids. Yeah, some even some schools are just not they're not equipped to deal with uh these like special needs children. Um so a lot of times they just don't don't know what to do and instead of I guess looking at the resources and trying to see what they can do, they just mm. wing it with um the child if they don't get that mm. Uh, many children's which is the case um the middle school i went to um it was a it was a private school um puerto rico doesn't have the problem that i've seen here in the states has to where if a child goes to private school that is special needs um basically the parents end up like having to sign away uh the rights of, of the child mm. um and, and it ends up being a whole lot of mm. trouble of what i the little i've been able to see um but the school i went to um very rarely or not at all do they get children's with disabilities and so more often they may have a year where um they may get a a child uh who has something and they have no idea how to how to deal with them. Like I remember when I entered, um, I believe I was the only like child with severe um, vision impairments. There was another girl who um, was hard of hearing. And when throughout the whole school, um, and this, this was a school that was um, elementary, middle, and high school all together. So we were like the only two students out of this whole like student body that, you know, needed certain accommodations. Um, I have a younger cousin who has diabetes and when he entered school, he he was essentially the first child with diabetes that the school has ever gotten. So, you know, like they don't really know how to deal with these children that sometimes they get and they don't really have the equipment uh, to give them. Yeah. Right. And so it ends up fighting or um, you may get to may go to a school where um, they have most of the equipments There may be something broken and they promise to give it to you, but they never give it to you. Or some of the teachers may not follow um, what's in your plan that you're supposed to do and they may not give you the materials on time that you need to be able to like do your do your classes. Right. Yeah. So it sounds like a lot of this uh, is a result of uh, everyone working at the school, like teachers and everyone in a potentially supportive position to help you um, not being yeah. well educated about um, or well, you know, have the resources at hand. 
So with just a couple minutes left, um, are there any sort of, uh, I'll say final questions, but it seems like, you know, there's a lot more to talk about here. So we'll definitely continue th this discussion in other class. I have a question. I just wanted to know how, how did, Alex, how did you lose your sight? If you don't mind me asking. Um, at this point, um, we believe, um, I, I can't say 100% this is the cause, but they believe it is um, a con congenital um, disease. And to uh, what have they been able to tell me, basically it's that um, these cells of my retina, which is what, um, the retina is what helps with um, focusing and taking in um, the details when you see, the cells of that retina are dying in my eyes. And so that has caused me very, very severe um, eyesight to the point that I'm partially blind. Um, and I, due to this, um, one eye can still see um, and the right eye has no uh, central vision because of this. So I can only see like, um, if I move the eye and try and like focus on another point that I can maybe see through through the edges of the eye. Um, I believe it was you or, or one of the others that was talking about uh, their stepmom. Um, I can't see in the dark or at night. Um, that is known as uh, night night blindness and we have no explanation uh for that don't worry alex i can't see the night or in the dark either so um i just want to say i learned so much and i have a lot more questions coming out of this as well as hunter and gabe and alex uh we had an even longer discussion yesterday so i know that there's more to talk about <laughs> yeah. and one last thing though maddie you know i think i find, find this kind of funny but i know a bunch of blind people who are scared of the dark <laughs> that's a thing yeah yes. that's a thing wow yeah yes it's kind of funny though and then i, I was at a camp and like they had to, they had the light on and I, and I went and turned off the light and said oh i think it went dark in here and then they all started freaking out it was funny uh, um I, well, I have one other thing before we go yeah um i had a <clears throat> good friend in women's group because I was part of a I went to a day program in Bangor and she is blind and everybody would make fun of her and she would be get really upset because people would close their eyes and pretend to be blind and not being able to see and then she cried and said don't do that that's not nice to do that yeah that's just heartless so, yeah that just to that offends me and it didn't even happen to me like <laughs> yeah that's 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 just mean yeah i mean i that hasn't happened to me but i know if it did i just probably have a comeback and just be like well welcome to my world yeah well i think um what we're starting to learn about today is that you know your experience is not the same as if we just close our eyes right that's not what 
<laughs> and that's something I that's something I explain to people all the time is like if, if it all of a sudden goes like let's say it all of a sudden goes dark in the room you're in, you have not been transported into the life of Gabriel Hunter and Alex. Right. Because we have gotten so used to this sudden, you know, what you what you would know is like a sudden change of light. Because, you know, we've had all these years and stuff to, like, adapt to it. Um, and, like, if, any, yeah. if anything, we're the people you would look to if it goes dark. Just, like, how to best handle this? And then I just yeah. tell you, trail inanimate objects. Right. Totally. Yep. But, anyways, we'll continue this discussion for sure. And thank you, everyone, so much. Oh, yeah. You guys did fantastic today. And we're so patient and thorough with questions. Thank you. No All right. Au See you guys on Friday. Out of See ya. Bye. 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 See ya. Bye.